stories reveal the heart of God for sinners, like the triplet of parables found in Luke 15. With the parables of the lost sheep, the lost coin, and the lost son, we see God's heart to bring sinners home to Himself. And to demonstrate His great love for sinners, God gave up His Son, Jesus Christ, so that you and I could become His sons and daughters by faith. Let's join Scott Pauley now as we study Luke 15. Several years ago, when a friend of mine found out that Luke 15, the story of the prodigal son, was my favorite Bible story, uh, they bought me a beautiful book, I have it in front of me right now, called The Father and His Two Sons, The Art of Forgiveness. And it is famous paintings uh, through the centuries, all different styles of artwork that depict the story of the prodigal son. I've enjoyed looking through this album so many times. But I want you to know that no artist can portray what Jesus explained in Luke chapter number 15. In fact, I've never seen a more beautiful picture than the picture that Jesus drew because Luke chapter 15 is the divine picture of the grace of God. I want to just read through uh, this story again with you today and make some comments along the way, if you'll permit me, because it's just full of symbolism. It's full of pictures. Let's begin again. Luke 15, verse 11. And he said, a certain man had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. And he divided unto them his living. Now, this was very significant because in that day, the younger brother would have gotten one third of the inheritance. He said, give me my one-third. Can I ask you, why be content with one-third of what the Father has when you already have it all? You know, sin's a bad deal from the very beginning. It really is. And it's significant also what he says. He says, give me. Now, remember when he comes home, he's going to come home saying, make me. Those are two very different prayers. Sin says, give me. Humility says, make me. And so, God is revealing something here about this, not just this sinful young man, but the sinful heart in every one of us. It's a picture of our sin. It's also significant that this boy would not have received that inheritance until his father died. You know what he really was saying? I wish you were dead. I'd rather have your money than you. This is awful. I want you to know that's what sinners do to God. We want the blessings without the blesser. We want the gifts without the giver. We want all God's good things. Oh, and heaven too. We just don't want him and holiness. I want you to know uh, that's not the way it happens. No, my friend, this is a picture of our sin. The Bible says in verse 13, And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country, and there wasted his substance with riotous living. And when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in that land, and he began to be in want. I've marked in my Bible, in verse 13, the word wasted, and in verse 14, the word want, because here's a picture of what sin does. It brings you to nothing. You know, God fills you up. Sin drains you. It drains the life out of you. Uh, it, it causes you to spend your life on things that do not matter. And in the end, it's like sand sifting through your fingers. In the words of Solomon, you have nothing, emptiness, vanity, and vexation of spirit. We read on. 
Verse 15 says, And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into his fields to feed swine. And he would fain have filled his belly with the husk that the swine did eat, and no man gave unto him. Now, here is, here is a picture. This is a picture of judgment, of God's dealing with sinners. You know, sin stinks. Imagine the smell on this boy living among the pigs. Uh, for a Jewish boy, there was no greater disgrace and shame because this was an unclean animal. He's not only working with them, now he's trying to eat their leftovers. Someone says, what a ridiculous thing. Yes, that's what sin does. Think of it. And then we come to verse 17. Here's the turning point. And when he came to himself. Now I just pause right here and say, this is something you could pray for any sinner. Many times through the years when I've been praying for some lost person that needed to be saved or somebody away from God, I've prayed this verse for them. Lord, bring them to themselves. Bring them to themselves. Pray this for your prodigal today. When he came to himself, he said, How many hired servants of my father's have bread enough and to spare, and I perish with hunger? By the way, there's an exclamation point. If you're looking at Luke 15, verse 17, there's an exclamation point at the end. Uh, he, he finally exclaims, that the Father's house, there's more than enough there. Do you know this is a picture of God's sufficiency? And I really believe this. I believe that one of the things that will speak to people about their need is when they realize the Lord is more than enough. I want to tell you today, Jesus is enough. What Christ did for you on the cross is enough. The goodness of God leadeth thee to repentance. The Father has bread enough and to spare. Why are you perishing with hunger? He continues in verse 18, I will arise and go to my father and will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee and am no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. Here's a picture of, of true repentance. Here's a picture of, of brokenness. Here's a picture of of a young man who finally acknowledges the truth, what does he say? I have sinned. I've sinned. It's my sin. It's my own rebellion. What a, what a picture of what confession is. It's just agreement with God. In fact, I'll prove it to you. He, he practices this prayer, I imagine, all the way home. Father, I've sinned against heaven and before thee. I'm no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. Verse 20 says, And he arose and came to his father, but when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight and am no more worthy to be called thy son. But the father said, did you ever notice that this boy did not get to finish his beautiful prayer? Think of that. The prayer he had practiced over and over and had it down perfect. Daddy cut him off. Literally, the father just butted in in verse 22. But the father said to his servants, did you ever notice that? All he allows him to say is, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight, and I'm no more worthy to be called thy son. That was enough. Did you ever notice the part of the prayer he didn't get to finish? He never got to say, make me as one of thy hired servants. And I'll tell you why that is, because God has no hired servants. Now, the only servants God has are those who serve him out of love and gratitude. Uh, no, the Lord doesn't have, have those kind of slaves, and he didn't want this boy to be a slave in his house. He wanted him to be a fully restored, in-fellowship son. Oh, this is glorious. Do we really think we have to convince God to forgive us when that's why Jesus died? Do you think you have to talk God into it? 
Do you think you have to pray the perfect prayer to get God to forgive you? No, all you have to do is what this boy did. What a picture of confession on his side and restoration on the Father's side. What a picture of the grace of God. He simply acknowledged the truth. He agreed with his father. I have sinned. I am not worthy of any good thing. That's what 1 John 1, 9 says, if we confess our sins. I used to think that meant beg and plead and cry and, and ask over and over again. No, it simply means say the same thing. When you say the same thing about your sin God says about it, God says, that's good enough for me. And he's faithful and just to forgive our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And we'll come to the, the rest of the story. We'll come to everything else the Father does. But do you see this picture of our sin, what sin does, the judgment that follows, uh, what true repentance is, what it is to confess, and then the picture of the grace of our Heavenly Father. See God in this picture and see yourself in this picture. Look in the mirror of Luke 15 today and come home to your gracious Father. The only time in Scripture when God is in a hurry is when He is pursuing sinners. Thank God for His heart for us and may many more sinners come home to Him. Each week, Scott works to provide helpful resources for you. And one of those resources is his weekly devotional articles on a wide array of subjects, from helps to the family, current events and trends, daily Christian living, and much more. Be sure to visit enjoyingthejourney.org and subscribe to the newsletter so that these helpful resources will come straight to your inbox. We are grateful to have you join us each week, and may God bless you today as you enjoy the journey.